Hello and welcome to Space Chats. My name is Matthew Jameson, your host for today, and I'm joined by Cecily and Estelle from Working for Crumbs. Hello. Yeah, Hello. I'm I'm Cecily. I'm the director of Working for Crumbs. Hello, my name's Estelle Hope, and I'm the producer of Working for Crumbs. How how are we today? How how are you feeling? Um, you're going into rehearsals quite soon, I believe. Yeah, really good. Um, yeah, we're starting, we're doing a read-through next week and then we start rehearsals the week after. So yeah, very exciting time. It feels like it's all coming together now, which, yeah, very excited. Excellent stuff. Um, let's let's dive straight in. Let's get right to it. Tell us a little bit about Working for Crumbs. Um, so Working for Crumbs is a farce. It's set in an office and we follow the, the journey of admin assistants Grace and Amy. Um, they're sort of just slogging through the work week, living for the weekend, and they are joined by a host of crazy office characters that probably everyone has all experienced at the at the tea point at some point in their life. Um, <laughs> so um, they they find out that that there is a promotion up for grabs, and then madness ensues. It becomes very stupid, very silly. Um, and hopefully just a lot of fun. We're really excited to get into rehearsals. Um, yeah, there's biscuits involved. If you have a deep hatred for raisin biscuits, then you'll like this one. That definitely sounds good to uh, me. It's okay. so, sorry, stop. That's okay. Uh, it's, uh, it's very, very fun. Um, it's a comedy. It's also innately feminist. We follow uh, the storylines of our two female protagonists. And it is also, whilst being a farce and a laugh it is a real comment on the situation and experiences of women uh in offices uh and especially in where so we're performing it at the space in the isle of dogs and we're really interested in leaning into what does the current economic corporate world look like at the moment as well it also offers some light entertainment whilst kind of being a slightly uh absurdist um narrative on the fact that we're kind of entering into a very particular financial moment uh in terms of the, the west and london so yeah i think if it's very um it's very relevant but at the same time is a complete break away from the madness and stress of everything uh through just entertainment absolutely it's good to hear you sort of um discuss the kind of zeitgeisty nature of it it's something where as a as a venue we are literally in the shadow of canary wharf so i think um anyone who's coming to the theater anyone who passes through knows just how um how dominant the finance world still is and the kind of culture that comes with it especially i think it's important to acknowledge the, the gender disparity in the female experience within that kind of world um tell us tell us a bit about katie's script how did you how did you come to it how did you find it um, so I was part of uh, Directors Cut Theatre Company and they basically, it's a lot of collaboration between directors, writers and actors and they do um, a scheme called Encompass where you get a script and you workshop it for three hours. So I chose Kate's script because I I just fell in love with it instantly. I, I used to work in an office. I used to be the admin assistant. So I really, really, in, in quite a male-dominated office. So I saw the script and was like, I, I can work with this. Um, so yeah, we workshopped the first scene for three hours. I was so excited. Um, I spoke to Kate, she's based in America actually, and she's coming over to see it. Um, and yeah, so she's based in America. So we did a Zoom 
and we were both just so excited um I sent her lots of photos and some videos from it as well so yeah it was just it's a real like international collaboration um and like big thanks to director's cut as well for making it happen excellent stuff I was going to ask um have you had experience of working in an office previously is it something where when you know that world I feel like you know it kind of thing how how was it for you well I worked in um an engineering company that was quite male dominated um and so reading the script having like a female dominated cast in an office as Estelle said we really wanted to like lean into female experiences within an office culture um I always knew I didn't want to work in an office, but I was glad that I did get to work in an office. So now when I'm directing and like things aren't going my way, I'm always like, at least I'm not stuck behind a desk. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, it definitely has, it's definitely really going to be a big influence for me when directing this piece for sure. Um, what are your, what are your worst like office niggles kind of thing? What are the worst things about working in an office for you? Oh, I think people that talk really loudly on the phone they and oh and loud typers but I am a loud typer so I think <laughs> I'm not allowed to get annoyed at that because I am a loud typer <laughs> that's absolutely fair I think you, you touched on um raisin biscuits as well earlier which is yeah a huge one for me you know don't don't deceive us it's either chocolate chip or nothing I think <laughs> oh yeah oh. oh yeah we really, we really discussed that in this play this is a big a big topic of conversation <laughs> How, how about yourself, Estelle? What has been your your worst professional experience as a as a non-creative kind of thing? I mean, we've all got to do the things on the side to get by. Uh, and I think that like was most epitomised and concentrated in the pandemic. So I graduated from my university. I did drama at Queen Mary and I was in the 2020 graduate year. So my entire last couple of semesters were completely turned on their head. Wouldn't recommend doing a practical dissertation in your room alone, but it's okay. We get through it and here we are. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the arts was closed for business. So I went through a, a, a plethora of very strange things. I was, the worst was I was an IT assistant at uh, in higher education I actually don't know how I got there I definitely shouldn't have got the job and it was going every day from nine to five it was also like a 24-hour live chat service they offered so sometimes I would start work at 4 a.m and sit in this office yeah with uh I didn't know what I was doing it was incredibly technical I'd have students come and be like can you reinstate my account and my answer would simply no I I, I don't know how to do that um, I should, but I don't. And it was full of, um, I mean, no judgment or qualms to anybody. But like, I spend my time with theatre people for a reason because they're the only people that can put up with me. So I'm surrounded by very, very intelligent kind of IT and biomed students who are doing this because they enjoy it, and no one talks to each other. Uh, and I'm just sat there not knowing what to do and hating every minute. I lasted ten days. Well done. Uh, I thought, I thought I'll get through the enrollment and then I will leave. Uh, but I've actually done, I have have stuck my kind of side hustles. I do a lot of work in higher education and that's student support. And I really enjoy it. Um, I think you meet some real characters in offices. Uh, I think a, a bit of a, uh, like an annoyance that I have is when people are really vocal 
like if they get an email and they're just like for god's sake mm-hmm. and everybody thinks that like someone's come in with a knife or something but actually like they've just missed out one word like I've, i'm just like i i don't want to receive your ang- anxiety like <laughs> i'm already stressed enough i find that a bit annoying but it's all fun we're all everyone in the, everyone in offices is trying to cope so everyone's got to do their own what they got to do and i respect it completely i i think it's one that makes me reflect on um the office culture of the space where um you know we have like very limited office space but we do have a good sort of team of um of staff and um, interns and volunteers who have come about and usually the um the distraction tends to be showing each other like cat tweets and um, things that we found on instagram reels kind of stuff so pleasant pleasant kind of um office distractions but yeah we are we are not working in finance we are not as high stakes <laughs> that's definitely how um grace and amy cope in this play with with memes for sure. <laughs> <laughs> tell us a little bit about the characters tell us a little bit about grace and amy um, yeah, so we're in this development office and Grace and Amy are sort of the bottom of the tree. They're the admin assistants. They get all of the work from Helen, who's their boss. Um, they're living for the weekend. They're in their 20s and they just sort of trying to get through the day. Anything that they can do to get through, they got to do their job. So Amy makes sure that they both stay on track. But they they have a lot of games and they have a lot of ways of coping with having to be stuck in this office all day um we're not in the world of zoom there's no work from home um yeah they just are trying to get through the day really um and doing anything that they can to make sure that helen is on site helen is their boss and she is she is a boss she cracks the whip for sure um so yeah that's helen um or do you want me to go through all the characters <laughs> Lee, yeah, tell us, tell us, tell us a bit more about the cast of characters. I, I I'm I'm started reading them all off. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Helen's Helen's their boss. She's a very much um, devil's wear, devil wears Prada kind of uh, kind of character. Um, yeah, she just she just walks in a room and everyone does what she says. And then we've got Vivian, who is Helen's boss. And now H- Helen wants to be Vivian because um, Vivian is top dog. Uh, but Vivian isn't having any of it really she just she just goes in and is is the top dog and then we've got Molly who is the secretary and she is the queen busybody she will yeah she comes in she wants to make friends desperately Grace and Amy are not interested in being friends with Molly um, and yet Molly still tries this does backfire on her though, on uh, Grace and Amy though in the end. So that's a little, a little teaser for you. Um, so that's our kind of uh, female cast. And then we have our male uh, character, which is a multi-rolling character. So Tom plays the AC guy, the delivery guy and the caretaker. And in Kate's writing, that's sort of like demonstrating that you know the man wears the uniform and uniform defines the person and that sort of thing um his character is uh extremely hilarious and and i'm gonna leave it at that because i think i don't want to spoil it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's sort of like a little round of all of the characters they're all very fun and all very different um but also really lean into the kind of office characters that we all sort of know we all sort of know a Helen we all know a Vivian 
um I've definitely been a Grace or an Amy so yeah it's it's hopefully quite relatable as well I think so and um from from the sounds of the, the character list it's um it's really refreshing to hear all of the sort of higher status um positions within the office are occupied by women that sounds really exciting to see especially considering the kind of toxic masculinity of an office work environment that maybe is inherent within the culture yeah I'm really curious to see how you yeah what discussions yeah. come up with that. Yeah, definitely. And I think because I've worked in such a male-dominated, like um, all, all of the male roles were like higher roles in the company that I worked for, when I read the script and saw they were all female, that really resonated with me, especially as being like a female director. It, it really just in, encapsulates kind of my way of working and what I want to show in theatre, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm so excited for, for, for that, definitely. And we've got some amazing playing them so <laughs> nice looking forward to seeing them um i wanted to briefly touch on something which you um which you mentioned in the sense that there's um there's no working for home there's no zoom within this kind of um within the script this feels like something which is potentially like a pre-pandemic piece in terms of the um the attitude that people in their 20s have to that kind of office environment of pushing forward rather than the sort of reaction we've seen against it quite recently how yeah does that make any sense yeah it does i think well, it was written pre-pandemic, I believe. And actually, oh no, I do I do know that actually. Yeah, it was written pre-pandemic and um, I think Kate was due to put it on just before the pandemic. So I'm kind of excited by the fact that it's not got anything to do with the pandemic. I think we've, we've, we've done, we've all experienced it and been through a lot through it. So I think the point of this piece is just to really like provide like a respite from the outside world, like, we really want audiences to come in and just be immersed in this world for sure and it is think, crazy crazy I, th I think that does really tie into something that we've seen that there's been much more kind of um demand or a desire to create comedy um farce and absurdism that kind of comprehend the world that we're living in um was that something conscious that you felt or is that more catered to your tastes already um i think definitely catered to my style comedy is something that I just love working on. Um, and I think I was just keen to really just provide that like escapism. I think that's something that I really enjoy when I watch theatre, just to be immersed in it and not have to worry about like my life in sort of, in sort of just for an hour and a half. Um, yeah. I don't know about you, Estelle, whether that was... I think I think it's a really nice hybrid of that kind of uh, surrealist absurdity that you can completely dive into and think, keep up with, because the, the play moves quite quickly. It's got very witty dialogue. It's completely character and plot-driven, um, which we're really excited to lean into because we've got some really strong actors and obviously it's a very accomplished script and Kate has this gorgeous knack of encapsulating American comedy but then in, in this version we've kind of been given the license to make it a little bit more UK centric but it's fun finding that balance as well and I think as the way that comedy is evolving at the moment so many things go in between the con those continents so it's it, it's interesting to find that and like we're both extremely interested in comedy as are many of our actors um our two leads both uh, in their outside of this show they do like sketches and skit comedy and stuff so it's a real 
adventure for them that suits their kind of personal brief. But I, so it is that uh, kind of look into another world for the audiences. But I still massively feel that it does resonate with the current climate of what kind of corporate functionality in terms of employment looks like. It's funny that you say that about looking at what the kind of pre-pandemic world looks like. And I think there was a real point that we came back after the pandemic and the kind of sustainability and care of employees was really present and acted on. So like when Twitter kind of went completely remote, but we're now getting back to the point that it's like, right, what do businesses need? They need to earn. And that is, again, becoming less important than the welfare of their employees. So I think we're actually kind of coming full circle. So this does offer the kind of mania and fun insight into the fictional crazy world. But also it's like everybody in this office goes mad. I wonder why people in offices go mad, you know? So there's, uh, you can lean into the kind of uh, societal commentary as much as you wish. You'll laugh either way, but it, it definitely, and I think it being, yeah, it, as you said, in the shadow of Canary Wharf, we know where it is. We know who's around. We know who's going to kind of come and see it and what kind of what they'll be interested to see and reflect on in their lives on stage. Excellent. I think I think that's a that's a very very strong advert for it. Um, I also understand your your crowdfunding at the moment for the show. Is that right? We are. We are. So yeah, we've uh, come in to this, uh, and we're kind of we're doing we're functioning on as many new pieces of work are profit share at the moment. So everything that we make on the show will be split equally between the team. And as we all know, it does take a village to put on a show like this, and the cast isn't small. So yeah, we are. Uh, we're kind of advocating for we would like this version of the show to be as great as it can be but also we're really looking to form a company with the show we really feel that um, this show has quite hopefully a long life Um, we really we love the work that we're doing with Kate and we think it's a great piece we want to help her be the bridge to bringing her work over here Uh, we'd also like to um, so for that we want to get be able to establish ourselves as a team and as a company um, and enable people to be paid fairly for their work, which in the industry these days is not a given at all. Uh, but and I think, of course, we want we are also looking to be able to explode this run of the show as much as possible, like costumes, set, uh, having design consultations and opening doors to what uh, the kind of physical world of the show can be. Um, it's an amazing space and we just want to completely populate it with what this office is. Um, so, yeah, and also, yeah, it would just, it, we're, we're asking for people to donate absolutely anything, like even a pound really does help when it all adds up. And we're also offering, uh, we're going to have a programme um, dependent on uh, how much we fund it. We'll either be a virtual or a physical program uh, we're being very uh trying to be very kind of eco uh, in terms of flyering and posters this year so we're keeping those numbers low but uh if you donate you will be given a space as a thanks in the program uh, and we're also looking to connect with local businesses who are willing to donate as we are uh, happy to advertise 
free of charge in uh, kind of trade for a donation of £20 or more. But yeah, we're just trying to do it as best we can and make sure everybody can survive off of doing what they love, basically, which is what why they're involved and what we all want to do. Excellent work. Sounds like you're you're doing it right as well as um, showing how other people are doing it wrong kind of thing. Well, I hope. No, I it's, hope. it's excellent. You love to see it. Um, typically, we round off our podcasts with a question which I'll put to both of you. It's quite a big question, quite a, quite a hard one. Um, what was your first theatrical experience? What was your first theatrical memory? Oh, so... Mine is um, my first ballet show when I was, I think I might have been seven. Um, that was my first experience backstage at LL Regional Theatre from where I'm from. Um, and I just remember being very, very excited in my little little pink outfit. Um, yeah, that was my first. I don't, I don't do ballet anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> I remember being very excited by it. Um, my first theatrical memory, well, I was lucky enough to be, and still am, annually taken to the Pantos, uh, which I just think epitomises everything that's great about British theatre, and I'll hear nothing else about it. Um, but I also, uh, we were lucky enough in our schools in primary school, so age six, to have theatre and education companies come in. And it was, you know, t- teaching you the importance of recycling and not to smoke. But I looked past that and was like, people are pretending to be other people. And then they go backstage and then they come back and there's somebody else. And I just thought that was amazing. And I was that kid that would go up to them at the end and be like, you're really amazing. Um, and like, and the, yeah, the bug never went away. Um, and I have done some TIE and worked with kids since and it is just as magical on both sides so yeah that's that's the big one excellent well thank you both so much for your time today and for joining us for space chats um that has been cecily and estelle who are coming to the space with working for crumbs which is the 25th of april until the 6th of may thank you for listening thank you for joining us and we'll hope to see you soon bye